0: Welcome to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. In this program, Marty discusses waterfowl and upland bird hunting, as well as the clay target shooting sports, with some of the top industry leaders and shooting pros from around the world. If you're just starting out, or you've been hunting and shooting for years, we'll have wing and clay target news and information that you can use. Now, here is your host, Marty Fisher.
1: And welcome, 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 what a... Great week we are having. I'm telling you, if you are a competitive clay target shooter, this is a week for you. And in fact, uh, I guess the entire month of June is for you. Now, you know, this show is all about wing shooting and clay shooting, and when we get into the summer months after after most of the schools have gotten out, boy, it is wide, wide open, and um, there's some great events going on right now. Um, in Sporting Clays, the Georgia State Sporting Clays Championship, my, my home state, and I, I should actually be up there uh, at Big Red Oak Plantation. They've got 504 shooters already in this event, uh, and uh, you never know, there may be a few more that show up, but uh, that's a good entry. Uh, we've got the North Central Regional Sporting Clays Championship going on in Kansas at Claythorne, uh, the 581 Shooters that are signed up to compete in that event, and actually, I've got a, a, a guest that I've got on the show this week, uh, a gentleman by the name of Brett Sybert. Brett is actually traveling, uh, you know, literally as we speak, to to get to that shoot. So uh, we'll be uh, we'll have him here on the line here in just a little bit, and. Um, We'll kind of go from there, but, you know, also ongoing and has been going on all week. You know, I've talked about this in previous shows. Uh, The Minnesota State High School Clay Target League uh, state championship for Minnesota for that deal is in uh, Alexandria, Minnesota at the Alexandria Shooting Park, and it's ongoing and they've been shooting now for a few days, 8,300 plus student athletes competing in that event and that's that's almost unheard of but uh you know that's a huge huge number and frankly that's the largest uh, clay target event held anywhere in the world uh you know state of minnesota's really got it going on when when it comes to introducing kids to shooting they've got 14,000 kids in their high school shooting league and that uh, that is just absolutely remarkable make no mistake um, Let's see. What else have we got going on here? Uh, coming up soon, and it won't be too long, uh, the Scholastic Clay Target Program National Shoot up at the Cardinal Shooting Center in Ohio. And there are uh, SCTP events going on, state events going on like crazy. I'm very proud to announce that the— uh, uh, The team from my gun club, my uh, Far City Gun Club juniors from Savannah, Georgia, uh, recently won the high overall in the Georgia State Championship. And strangely enough, um, the top three teams in that event, now these teams are all from Georgia, were their top three finishing teams in the Scholastic Clay Target Program National Championship last year in Ohio. And um, Far City came in second last year, they... Uh, They won the event this year here in Georgia, and uh, those guys are really ready to go. And believe it or not, they um, they take the the top five shooters on these teams in trap, skeet, and sporting clays. So you've got fifteen hundred targets that these kids shoot, and of all things, the Far City team won by three targets, three out of fifteen hundred. That's pretty remarkable. Uh, Lots of stuff coming up. I mean, this as I say, this is June, and this is when it really happens. Uh, the sporting clays shooters, there are eight state championships uh, that are being held the balance of the month of June, and uh, boy, that's a lot of shooting and a lot of a lot of great stuff all over the country. Uh, you can find out more about those shoots by going uh, two places uh, mynsca.com, uh, which is the uh, National Sporting Clays. Site for sporting clays, or you can go to winscoreonline.com to get information on entries and results and things like that. And I know a lot of people like to um, like to follow follow their buddies and see how they've done. But uh, you know, we certainly um, want to make sure that uh, uh, you get a chance to to enter, and you can you can enter these events on Online. Uh, on the skeet side the sixth. Elite Shotgun Classic skeet shoot is coming up. Um, I say coming up. It's actually going on right now uh, at the Conservation Park of Virginia in Charles City, Virginia. This is the fourth largest skeet shoot in the United States. So uh, it should be a big, big, big entry. Okay. That's what's going on in the competitive world. How about a little wing and clay news? And then uh, and then we'll bring our, our guest on for, for this week. Um a couple of things. Uh, waterfowl hunters uh, just got a bunch of information uh, sent to me on the email. That's what you get for being in the media. Uh, we we get it nice and early. Uh, the folks at Heavy Shot, boy, they got some new stuff coming for you duck hunters. They've redesigned and improved the Heavy X Load. Uh, put more tungsten in it, so they made it now where it's heavier than than bismuth. So you know, in bismuth was about what 93 percent of the density of, um, of lead. So uh, that's going to be getting pretty close to what, what the old lead was. They've got a new heavy business load. They've got a new load they call heavy hammer. And then they've got heavy, longer range. And my gosh, I can't even imagine what that might mean other than, uh, you know, it's probably going to be some pretty heavy stuff that'll reach out and, and touch those birds at long, long distance. You can check them out uh, at heavyshot.com. Now before I go get my guest I want to let you know our first segment of the show is brought to you by my good friends at the Crushable Vault. You know, the objective when they built the Crushable Vault was to help sportsmen protect their guns while they're away from home. Well, you know, we all put our guns in a gun case and you know that to us is protection. And a good gun case does that. It provides good protection from dents and scratches while we travel. But it doesn't really protect the gun from being stolen. You know, somebody, you know, it, if it looks like a gun case, it probably is. And, and um, you know, you're, you've got to really watch out. Well, the Crushable Vault, uh, folks, came up with a, with a storage system. It's, it's, it's flexible. It's crushable. It's easy to use. You know, you can put your gun cases in there, and they've got a, a, a locking system that will secure to any fixed point, that's in your vehicle, and, and you can also do that, find a, a fixed point in your hotel room. But the key is, you want those guns protected so that they're always going to be safe. So give the Crushable Vault guys a look. Crushablevault.com, and if you like what you see in there, and I'm sure that you will, there's a little promo box when you get to checkout. Type in the word Marty, my name, and you'll get an instant 10% off of your purchase. So, Crushablevault.com, With all of this travel going on with shooters all over the country and all over the world, Crushable Vault should be in every vehicle on the road. Now, that's a mouthful, but here we go. I want to bring in my guest for this week, and I am really, really, really... Excited to have this gentleman. Uh, there, I want to introduce Brett Seibert. Now, Brett is the current general manager of the Northbrook Sports Club up in Hainesville, Illinois. Now, that's not that far from Chicago, and and uh, you know, I'm going to have to talk to Brett a little bit about how he figured out how to how to get to get a facility that uh, that that beautiful and that great, that close to to. Uh, you know, uh, uh, one of the crazy cities from a gun standpoint anywhere in the world. But, um, you know, Brett has, uh, you know, since he's been there, the membership of that club has gone from 700 to 1,200. They've added another 100 acres of land to give them, to give them now 700 acres. And I'm going to tell you something. They've got it going on. That, uh, they've got the World English Sporting Clays Championship coming up this year, and that comes to America every other year. So, without further ado, let me introduce Mr. Brett Seibert. Welcome to the show, my friend.
2: Well, thank you, Marty. Glad to be here.
1: Well, you know, I mentioned a little while ago, Brett, that you were en route on the way to uh, the Claythorne to the uh, to the North Central Regional Chute. but uh, uh, you you've got some things going on yourself that uh, I'm, I'm sure you left Northbrook in good hands. But tell us a little bit about that club, if you would.
2: Well, well, like you say, we're on we're on a little over 700 acres. We uh, 2013 we we purchased a hundred acre farm next door. Um, it was actually the original farm holding that that owned the property that we're on. Um, we have. 11 skeet and trap combo fields. We have a two-story, five-stand building covered and uh, has infrared heat in the wintertime, which is nice in the Chicago area. We typically run about three sporting clays uh, courses, three full three full courses. We've got a, an easy, a medium, and, a, and our red course, which is pretty notorious. Uh, we've always got two task parkours up at least. And uh, we just have a lot of fun there. We throw a lot of targets, uh, about 1,200 happy members. Well, two of them aren't, but there are always two. Uh, uh, we just have a real good time there. It's kind of our playground, and uh, the staff loves it. The members love it. and uh, We've got a great group.
1: Well, how, uh, just out of curiosity, uh, how, how, how's winter? I mean, you know, uh, down here in the south, when it gets cold, you know, a lot of our shooters just they'll sit home because they, they figure within a day or two it's going to be warm again. But up up where you are, when it gets winter, it's winter. So I'm I'm sure it's, you have shooting cold. leagues and things like that that keep people coming.
2: We have a winter ski league that's uh, typically over a hundred people. They keep busy. They 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 shoot. Gosh, some of some of the squads shoot uh, eighty rounds through the winter. Uh our sporting place is always open. Uh the first usually every every year the first few weeks are kinda cold and then everybody and then slow and then everybody realizes if they don't get out of the house uh they're not ever gonna get out. So uh we're very busy in the winter. Uh not like we are in June or July, but still very busy and, and definitely worth being open.
1: Well, that's terrific. Listen, we've got to take a we've got to take our first break. But when we come back, uh, you know, I've got some some questions that some folks sent us on on email, and uh, or on email that posted on some websites that I that I go to, and um, I'm going to throw throw some of those questions at you, Brett, because it it you know um, uh, Northbrook is is has a reputation for throwing great targets, and you know, but you've got a lot of things going on that are. Are a little different. I mean, you're you you've kind of stepped out on a limb, and and that limb's holding weight pretty good. So we want to talk about some of the great programs that you've got going on, folks. Stay tuned. Wing and Clay Nation will be right back after these messages. <laughs>
0: tuned into marty fisher's wing and clay nation if you have a question or comment about the show we're here via email wing and clay radio at gmail.com that's wing and clay radio at gmail.com now let's get back to
1: this week's show and welcome back marty fisher back with you with Brett sybert from north Sports club, and hey folks, uh, you know if you're a, a social media person, as I have had to become in my old age, uh, by all means send us an email if you if you if you'd like to with uh, if you got any questions or comments about the show, but check us out, check our site out, uh, wingandclayradio.com, on Facebook it's facebook.com/slash wingandclayradio, Instagram instagram.com/slash wingandclayradio, and finally on Twitter. Uh, it's twittercom Uh, You know our second segment is going to be brought to you by my good friends at Negrini Cases. You know, and um, you know I was talking about the crushable vault and uh, and all of the uh, the covers that, that they have to, to disguise these gun cases from looking like gun cases. But I can tell you, a lot of you, whether you know it or not, have a Negrini gun case. I mean, they, they make gun cases right now for Beretta, Benelli, Blaser, Browning, Garini. Fabon, Parazzi, uh, just on and on and on, and um, uh, you know those cases. While they're very nice, uh, you know, and the Greeny's got some custom cases that are just over the moon beautiful, and that's that's what I use, and I just absolutely love them. You know, they're double walled. Uh, they've got a patented ABS technology. It's the strongest, lightest weight gun case anywhere in the shooting sports and in the outdoor industry. And it's 65% lighter than most of the aluminum cases. But the good news is, it is 100% airline tested, airline proof. So, uh, you know, you're in really, really good shape with this case. Beautiful, upgraded luxury finishes. It's got a tie leather trim. You just name it. I mean, just beautiful, beautiful cases. Check them out, negrinicases.com. And if you go in there and you like what you see, and like I always say, I think you probably will, if you buy a case and, or, and spend over $200, they will send you one of their new waterproof shot shell cases that holds 100 rounds, and they'll include the shipping in that. Just type in the, in the promo box, put Marty in there, and um, you'll have that on the way. You know, Negrini's been around for 35 years, and they make great, great stuff. Check them out, negrinicases.com. Now that being said, let's get back to my buddy Brett Steiber. You know, Brett. Um, you know, Northbrook has such a great reputation, and uh, you know that reputation is 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 well deserved. I, I can assure you of that. But you know, I had some uh, had some guys ask me some questions on the Shotgun World site. Uh, one gentleman, A.Z. Dutch. I'm 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 guessing that Dutch lives over in Arizona, but he had some questions and and. I've got to admit, they're really, really good ones, so I'm just going to pretty much verbatim throw these out to you, and we'll go uh, one through four with uh, with what he sent us. And so I'd love to hear Brett's thoughts on target difficulty. Northbrook has the reputation of throwing challenging targets, but has recently started throwing entry-level, softer tournaments as well. Now, what level of difficulty should a championship tournament throw? And then talk about the changes that you've made there with the uh, entry-level tournaments also.
2: Well, a a championship target uh, for for our events has to – we don't look for a score or try and set a course for score or something like that. They they have to be quality targets. They have to test everyone there. Uh, They have to test the top shooters. They have to test, you know, the the, the A through E shooters. Uh, everybody there has to have a good time. Uh, that being said, uh, I, I'm not going to go set a course that uh, so C class gets a 75. It, it, it just it's kind of irrelevant to me. Uh, the score out of a hundred. Uh-huh. Um, the the we don't try to beat anybody down, but if it's it, we just try to set a good target. You know, a good a target that you can see that's visible that makes you feel good when you break it. Not a target that you feel bad when you miss it. Um, you you need to be aware that there's new shooters and older shooters and, and shooters of every different skill level there, and you don't want anybody to walk away with a 35 or something on their score. Uh, but you need. I, I, I kind of feel like if somebody's paying that kind of money for a target, that I'm not going to just throw a target up in the air for them to point uh, No, you, they, I mean, they put, need to have put, a little technical difficulty. They sure. they need to be have some creativity. They need to they need need to match the terrain and the and kind of the spirit of the station.
1: Well, and you you know you, you you when shooters see those types of targets, they realize that there was actually some thought that got put into the into the shot. And you know I. I'll tell you you know as a, as a target setter myself and a course designer there's a real fine line between what's you know what's acceptable and what's not acceptable and i and i i think you know a lot of folks don't realize how fine that line actually is
2: well it's it's a very fine line and and things like uh you know the, the weather obviously visibility uh whether you're on the eight o'clock rotation in the morning or the five thirty rotation in the afternoon can can take a good target and make it bad. So, uh, you know, good target setters go out and they look their, they look at their targets, you know, throughout the day to make sure they check colors, they check the, you know, you try not to throw through iffy backgrounds or a horizon and, uh, and just be smart about it. And I, think, I think it helps if you've shot a lot. Uh, I think it helps if you care whether your customers are going to have a good time or not. And mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the the best guy that day is still going to always win, but uh, at at Northbrook you won't see everybody crowded in the nineties to see who who didn't miss one.
1: Well, and I and I, I I'd be willing to bet that one thing you realize that sometimes I wonder if, if if target setters around the country realize you know the sun comes up in the east and sets in the west, and A- almost know, every day it is it is truly amazing, uh, you know, at, at how sometimes. You know, the early morning flights are, you know, looking right into the sun and, you know, the later afternoon flights, you know, sometimes it's the same depending on what time of year the, the event's going on. But, uh, you know, it, it's a you know, thought process is, is really, really critical. Uh, now, second question, and this, was, this is something that uh, has got some, you know, talks about some innovation uh, that you brought to the, to the table. If says Northbrook has been an innovator with some recent shoots by separating out a pro class uh, did those top level guys like it do you plan to offer it again and do you feel like it really worked
2: uh, we did that uh, we called it uh, master master we, we at the last year's regional at Northbrook and we took the top uh, we took the top third of the shooters was what we were trying to get to in master class we, there's there's obviously a lot of different skill levels in master class. Um, it, we learned a lot by doing it. We 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 did it by uh, all American team members. We pulled out national champions. We pulled out top ten shooters at uh, a regional. Uh, we also went with the NSCA's CCR, which is the current class ratio, which is an inverse ratio. So we took everybody with a point three and lower. So which, which puts you in the top 30%. Uh, with, and that's that's a ranking between you and shooters you've shot against. So it's kind of a heads-up. So if a, if a shooter only shot at one club, uh, say, for instance, in Arizona, he's he still has a ranking because it's against everybody in Arizona mm-hmm. or everybody he's shot against at, at tournaments he was at. And I think our the number we came up with was really close i I mean there's always going to be corner cases there's probably a couple guys in the, this top class that that shouldn't have been there, and there's a couple uh, in the lower in the lower end of the master class that that uh, shouldn't have been there. but I think it was very close. And I think that I think if you can use a few different criteria, you can get close enough. Nobody complained about being put into the top echelon because it was it we 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 offered it more as a, a promotion than a, you know than than a sanction. So I, I think everybody really liked it. it. we we had to had to basically uh, double the purse that we would have normally had for master class to, to keep everyone happy and give everybody something to win. But we had you know some generous sponsors that helped with that. Um, I think what we learned from it was that there's probably three classes in master class right now, not two. And uh, I don't know if that needs fixing or doesn't need fixing, but it's, it, it gives us some data, I think. And uh, it, we will probably try it again. Uh, I, I think we'll try it again at Northbrook maybe next year.
1: Well, and, and you know, the good, the good part about that is you, you've got the data. And that's, that's, really, that's really a key element in, in all of this is you've got data to actually look at that helps you establish where those classi- that classification break is. And, you know, I, I, I think, you know, when you and I talked earlier this week, uh, you know, I had mentioned to you that uh, when I was, I was on the National Advisory Council for NSCA back in the early 90s when we actually established Masterclass. And the original intent of Masterclass was to be only the top 30 shooters at the end of every year. And, you know, that... Uh, Ah, uh, somewhere there you know the train fell off the tracks on that. but uh, uh, you know this is a way to start working back into that, in, into what's real and in, into what's probably proper, because you know the top, top, top guys are really good. and uh, you know while while it's great to be master class, it's uh, it's awfully tough to you know when all those guys show up. So, let's see where are we let's uh okay. i've got one All more right. question brad i still got you i know Good you're morning. traveling yes
2: yeah i lost you for a second there oh okay uh, yeah we, we have we have to keep trying things to see what works so yeah
1: and that's and that's going to be the key i mean uh you know i um i i think that you know everybody's pretty happy you know the guys who are in master class are, are happy being there and you know i don't i don't I think we need to throw everybody out of there by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, there, there needs to be some weighted opportunities and, and what you have done by establishing that class. And this can certainly be done in really big shoots. I mean, that is one thing that, uh, that we can take a look at. But I'll tell you what we're going to do. I've got some more questions for you uh, talking about the future of the game and things like that here very, very shortly. So, but we've got to take one more break. And, folks, we'll be right back on Wing and Clay Nation, after these messages.
3: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com
4: Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside the minds of the players and coaches? We talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college sports. We'll review and preview this week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety.
0: tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email. Radio at gmail.com That's wingandclayradio at gmail.com Now, let's get back to this week's show.
1: And welcome back. We're having a great conversation with Brett Seibert, the general manager of Northbrook Sports Club. Now, you know, Brett's not just a general manager of, of one of the very finest shooting facilities anywhere in the world. He's also a, a, a member of the executive council of the National Sporting Clays Association. You know, at one time he was, a, he was actually the, the chairman of that. I think he's the secretary of it now. But, um, uh, you know, uh, that, that carries a lot of weight. And, you know, we, I mean, those guys sit around in the room. I've been, on, I've been on that advisory council, and we all sit around the room trying to figure out what to do. And, uh, Brent, you know, I, I, bef- bef- this last segment i introduced that I had um, AZ Dutch that had sent us some questions, and I've got a couple of more, and these are really good ones. Now. And, um, you know, and, and old Dutch wants to know, what are your thoughts on growing the game? He doesn't know what you think the NSC wa- wants, to su- wants you to say, and doesn't care much about what I've got to say at this point, but he wants your thoughts. And, and what, you know, collectively can we do better?
2: Well, there's uh, a couple things come to mind uh, in, in no particular order. I think the one that we need to start to work on right now is a woman shooting and getting them engaged. Uh, I, think, I think we're doing a better job of it. Um, if, if you're trying to grow a business or trying to grow anything uh, and you've overlooked half of your market, you, you, you haven't done a good job. Uh, we, we we try to do a lot for the youth shooting, and and that's valid and it's legitimate, and we need to do more. But um, women shooting, they 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 can shoot right now. You know, we we work for the youth shooting and hope that they come back in twenty thirty years when they have a little spare time and money. Um, the ladies can shoot right now. They have jobs. They they love to shoot when they when they when they get when we get them started. They have a ball uh they're you know they're raising most of all kids uh they can bring their kids out they can bring dad out and if if mom says it's okay to shoot this weekend it's okay to shoot uh so i think that's some you know that's some pretty low hanging fruit for uh a, for a, an organization and a sport that wants to grow and we need to we need to go after it hard i think
1: well and a and a big part of that is you know yeah. you, you just got to ask I mean, as a shooter, you know, my wife is always take me shooting, take me shooting, take me shooting, because she never was a shooter. But you know, when she when she wound up with me, uh, she she somewhat became one. But but so often, you know, we we don't just reach out and ask people to to go do it, and and um, like you say, it's fifty percent of the market. So uh, you know that that I think is a is a huge huge way. Now you said you said you thought you had had. Two things, and that—that's one. The female. What? What a, Is there another one?
4: Uh, sure,
2: There's. I think there sure is. I think. I think that uh, you know, our our sporting clays association and our gun clubs aside, that all of us, you know, all the all the all the clay target shooters, all the wing shooters, need need to really go after and embrace the casual shooters. Um, uh, I I I do think our association should. Should have some sort of program for people that don't want to compete. It's it, the, the numbers are staggering. You know, you hear numbers like 15, 20 million people last year shot at a clay target with a shotgun. Oh, well, we have you know twenty or forty thousand, or maybe if you include trap, uh, you know eighty thousand people shooting tournaments uh, against against those big numbers. That's nothing. And and we need we need associate memberships. We need to get them aware aware of our of our sport we need to ha- we need to help them and uh, support them they need to support us i, I think we need to really reach out and, and get them involved and let them know what's going on uh, well and, and, yeah and, and, and help them and, have a better time uh
1: uh-huh. and i and i'm i'm confident that you've got some programs at Northbrook when you've got new people that come in. And, you know, the, the thing that I see and have seen for years, uh, you know, being an, an old gun club ma- manager myself from many, many years ago, uh, you know, a lot of people would, would show up there and they're, they're literally to get out of the vehicle. They're scared to death that they're not going to fit. And, you know, uh, that casual shooter kind of f- kind of falls into that category. They wonder if they're going to fit when they step out and they see the expensive guns and the patches on everybody's vests and things like that. And I think we, we've got to find a way to, to, to welcome those people, and, and you're absolutely right in that.
2: Um, yeah, that's it, it, it's it's true. I think that a lot of us overlook how how uh, daunting it might might be for somebody to walk into a gun club that's maybe shot a few casual rounds and, and wants to enter their monthly tournament or... or or just come to the gun club. Uh, it's, I mean, I've seen it even with our traveling instructors that I have I have members that come up to me and ask me, oh, do you think so-and-so would take me for a student? I don't want to call them. I'm not very good. And, you know, if they don't understand that, you know, heck yes, he will, you know, and can I shoot?
1: Well, and... Shoot with uh, us.
2: Come on with our uh, squad. It, it, it just has to be more welcoming, and, and, and I think we overlook the, the fear of the the fear that some people have of getting started.
1: Well, and, and you're absolutely right, Brad. I mean, it's a lot. You know, think about golf. Most people are really bad at golf, but they still go out and play. And, you know, if, if we can just, you know, get these folks and welcome them, and, and this goes back to the, to the shooter that is an avid shooter, you know, a guy that's really, you know, a hot competitive guy what's wrong with inviting somebody to come out to the club with you that's not that, but then make them feel welcome. And, you know, they, they just want to hit a few targets because I promise you they're, they're scared to death, you know, because they, they're, you know, people are are scared of the unknown and, uh, and the better we make them feel and, uh, let them hit a few targets. And all of a sudden they're going to start coming and they may very well become competitive shooters themselves. Now I've got uh, number four, and this is, uh, uh, you know, a pretty good question. He says, uh, "I want to get one, Brett, to talk about the future of the sporting clays game, because this game is, has evolved and grown a lot in the last 20 years, and it certainly has, from target presentations to, you know, facilities to what traps can do to all sorts of things." And uh, but the old Dutch says he wants to know what your thoughts are. On where you think this game can actually go if we play our cards right?
2: Well, there's uh, getting past the obvious challenges we have. Uh, there's, you know, the, the uh, ecology of it and uh, uh, the difficulty. Uh, the, the learning curve isn't very fast. Uh, it's expensive, and it's uh, there's political challenges. Uh, we, we we do have to be careful where we're shooting and what we're shooting we have to be considerate of our neighbors I think I think that the sky's the limit if we do it right you know there's going to be there's going to be some changes I'm sure along the way here and I'm sure that we won't like a lot of them mm-hmm. uh, I, I think for instance a couple a couple ideas I've thought of if, if getting past the expense barrier uh, we need we need to have maybe more pump gun shoots everybody there's probably a hundred million eight seventies in people's closets. And, and like you mentioned earlier, somebody's afraid to go to a shoot because, uh, that guy's got a $20,000 gun and that guy's got a $10,000 gun. And I got this whole pump gun. I have, have a pump gun shoot. Uh, maybe hundred bird events aren't the ticket. Maybe we knock a lot of the events down to 50 or 75 birds and, and people don't have to buy as much ammo and as many targets. I, I think there's a lot of ways, uh, there's a lot of ways to get around it and keep, uh, Keep people happy. A lot, a lot of people don't want to spend a lot of time doing things the way they used to. And we were talking about it today that fishing seems to slow down because there's there's a lot of work before and there's a lot of work after when you go uh-huh. fishing. So maybe we make it they can hit the gun club and shoot a fifty bird event and, and get out and go about their busy day. Uh, that'll help.
1: Well, you know, and <clears throat> for what it's worth, by the way, I've got three eight seventies in my gun case and. And uh, sure. two, two Browning <laughs> BPSs, you know, and uh, you know, I, I, for a year if I shot those, I mean, I've got clay guns now, obviously, but uh, you know, I, I mean, those are guns that I that I grew up shooting. And you know, one of the things you mentioned about, you know, maybe changing the number of birds, you know, from 50 to whatever, you know, back years ago, and I, I suspect they probably still do it. If you go over to the UK, uh, they have a lot of little clubs over there that have 50 60 70 bird shoots in for a day or even 30 bird shoots for a day just just to get people there to get them in and get them out so you know that's a that that's a great idea and i think that you know there's some real opportunity um, if if we change some things to you know just to try to get more people involved because the key is getting the numbers there you know that is that is that i think is is where we really need to go is to get those numbers up
2: uh, I agree. I agree. We have to, you know, we're going to have to, there's a lot of ways the technology could go uh, silencing a shotgun to, you know, maybe be better neighbors, uh, in different wads that are going to maybe appease some of the uh, people that are, who are a little more ecologically minded. Uh, you know, 40, 40 years from now, we might be shooting steel shot and fiber wads uh, inside know mm-hmm. but if, you know there's going to be there's going to be a lot of changes, but if we keep the game interesting and we can keep the game fair, um, well, we'll be successful.
1: Well, as crazy as it is, there's actually an indoor uh, clays facility uh, in, in Atlanta of all places and you know and I, I haven't personally had a chance to go there yet, but I know that they built one and you know and they shoot they shoot clays inside. I mean if you've got a big enough building, you can certainly do it. Now, make no mistake about that. Now we we're going to have to take a break here in, in just a minute. But when we come back, I want to talk to you real quickly uh, about uh, what's going on with fee-task. Uh I had a question from um, from Rocky, and uh, you know, Rocky is uh, uh, really concerned about what what we're going to do through the NSCA as is. How do how do we deal with the uh, with the fee task issue that we've got going on with, uh, you know, with them increasing their fees and things like that. Uh, and I, I'm going to go ahead and take this break because I, I want to give you time to, to explain it. And folks, if you will, stay tuned. Wing and Clay Nation will be right back after these messages.
3: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Think of the world. here on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy.
3: The internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. Voiceamerica.com.
0: You are tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email. Wing and Clay Radio at gmail.com. That's wing and clay radio at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to this week's show.
1: And, boy, we are having a great conversation. And before I get back to Brett, hey, make sure your darn ears are protected, folks. I mean, um, you know, we're talking about all of these people shooting. I know Brett mentioned a little while ago that something like 15 million people went out and, and shot at a clay pigeon uh, that, that, you know, just did it casually well, I can promise you that all of those folks were not properly protected uh, with their hearing. Uh, I'd recommend that they use ESP. ESP is a brand that I've been using for more than two decades. Uh, electronic Shooters Protection. It's digital hearing, custom made for your ears. It's exactly what I put in mind. I use a stealth model. Let me encourage you. Go to ESPamerica.com. And check out the offerings that they have there. I can guarantee you you will pro- you will thank me when you see me if you get some of these products. For anything over 90 decibels that cuts that sound down. ESPAmerica.com. Go check them out. All right, let me go back to Brett. And Brett, you know, <clears throat> thank you so much. I mean, we had some, some some great thought about, you know, the future of the game and and target setting and difficulty and and the pro class idea. I mean, what you know, what what great stuff. But, we, you know, we, we had a little bit of a, I, I want to call it controversy, I guess we can call it that, um, you know, with uh, with with, FITAS, with the FITASC organization. Um, we had a bunch of uh, really big shoots set up, and, uh, and from what I understand, they, they changed some of their fees, which greatly affected how those shoots were going to be run. So I'm just going to kind of dump this in your lap a little bit and see if you can give me an update on, on where we are with what's going on with FITASC.
2: Okay. Um, well, that was, it was an interesting situation, and, and some of it was scheduling. Um, yeah, we had, when we, the, the FITAS Grand Prix and World Cup shoots that we've always hosted in the United States um, were always uh, historically a flat fee that we paid to the FITAS organization for, for including us. Um, when we started putting those Grand Prix and World Cup which is the North American Cup uh, shoots into our championship tour events our regionals and uh, and the world English and and probably, you know could possibly even go into a US open uh, those numbers for those shoots went from maybe a hundred or 120 shoot per shooters maybe maybe 180 was a big one to 300, 400, uh, at the case of the World English this year, 700 people shooting a new style FETAS. FITAS changed the rule over to a, to a per shooter, much higher rate. So we had already, uh, they also have a seal, they also have a price ceiling. So uh, tripled, quadrupled, even more some of, the, some of the fees that the clubs would have had to pay and couldn't recoup it by raising the price. These the shoots were already subscribed they were already on win score they were they had people signed up so there was there was no opportunity to ask them if they wanted to pay more and keep a Grand Prix so three of the clubs uh, including Northbrook and and two others opted to just give up the Grand Prix part of those shoots uh, uh, people were people were filling up those shoots not because they were grand Prix but because they were at our largest Flagship sporting events. Um, I think I think out of our seven hundred people, we lost five shooters when we opted out of the Grand Prix. So it was you know it was a good decision. Uh, possibly a little friction with the Free C-Task organization. We are, however, the NFC is, however, uh, hosting and sponsoring a Grand Prix and a North American fee task One is scheduled. One of the Grand Prix is scheduled this fall. Uh, in South Carolina at Hermitage Farms, and one is uh, January or February—I forget which—at uh, South Florida Shooting Club. So we're going to continue to have these. They, you know, in my opinion, they will be continue to be standalone shoots because when you get too many shooters at them with the per person charge, it just it just becomes too expensive. Sure. Uh, well, I think some of the and, clubs and you know the, th- the thing is that,
1: when, the per person it, deal. I mean, you're talking literally. Tens of thousands of dollars for these big, big shoots. So, you know, yeah, I mean, that does really affect things. Now, we've got about five minutes to go here, right in the show, and I, and I, I've, I've got to bring up the world English that's coming up uh um, in early August, August the fifth through the eleventh. Um, tell me a little bit about that shoot. Uh, you know, some of the little surprises that you've got. I mean, I think you've got a Longbird thing, you've got the Guinness Book of World Records. I mean there're all sorts of things that are gonna be really exciting about that event coming up.
2: Uh, we have a so we have so much going on with that shoot. There are there's over thirteen events you can shoot, including the World English Sporting Clays Championship. It's the world championship of Boarding clays as we shoot it in the United States and England uh, it's a three-day event over three three courses over three days 200 bird event uh, we've also added in the, the 200 bird feet task which is the colder challenge uh, we've got uh, which is a which is a new eight eight par course 200 target new style which allows mm-hmm. us to get uh, seven or eight hundred people in it so it's new style feet task we have small-gauge feet task, We have sub-gauge sporting, uh, two prelims. We have a five-stand championship. Um, we have contracted with Guinness World Records to finally establish uh, an adjudicated long long bird clay target for a world record. Uh, we're going to be hosting that Friday night. Uh, Guinness is sending their judges. We're going to have laser measurements uh Verified, and we're going to be using shot,
1: mm-hmm. so it won't be. Yeah, so I mean, if the you know, guys, you know, you got to be shooting the the stuff that he shoots in sporting clays. I mean, you can't come up with, uh, you know, some special load or something like that. I mean, you got to you got to be sending some seven and a halfs out there, and um, I think you told me that one hundred and five yards is the number.
2: That's the number Guinness came up with that uh uh anything we get over that uh is gonna be the is gonna be the world record and we'll go in their book of records. Uh we've invited uh as sort of given a bye to the six attending World English champions from the past several years. They'll be shooting it. There'll be a way for uh others to qualify. We're gonna have a long bird up from Wednesday through Friday. We're gonna let a certain number, maybe another six or eight people, qualify in in different ways. So we're going to have the best shooters in the world shooting at the best targets with the best ammo, and we're going to see what happens, and my bet is that we're going to establish a world record.
1: Well, that is that is really cool, and that's going to be very, very exciting. And, you know, the fact that uh, that you can put that Guinness Book of World Records tag on it is, uh, you know, gives it that extra little uh, bit of flavor. I can, I can assure you of that. Now, <clears throat> if, if anybody wants, you know, more information about the event, can they get it from, the, from your website at Northbrook?
2: Uh, yep, northbrooksportsclub.org. Uh, just go to our event section. There's a the, for the World English. Uh, plenty of information on lodging. The registration's available on winscore.com. Uh, there's also a link to that on our webpage. Uh, we've got 20 vendors. We've got sponsors from Beretta, Krieghoff, Kohler, all the guys, all the big animals, And some really nice vendors and uh, accessories.
1: Well, I think you had mentioned that you were already in the 1,100 uh, pre-registered range.
2: We have, uh, we have uh, 1,150 last I looked in the uh, overall, and we have 1,050 in the main event so far with the uh, almost a couple months ago, so uh, it's going to be, it'll be the biggest, it's already the biggest world English that's been held in the States. I'm not sure if they had a bigger one when they hosted uh, alternate years in, in Great Britain.
1: Well, Brent, listen, I, we're about out of time. I really appreciate you being a part of the show today. I mean, you've provided us with some remarkably great information and stuff that people can really use. Uh, I can't thank you enough and um, uh, you know I'm I'm afraid I'm going to have to sign off because when when my executive producer tells me we're about done, this is live radio, my friend, and we're about done. So folks, uh-huh. thanks for joining in, Brett. Thank you for being a part of the show, folks. Good shooting. Uh-huh. Be safe. Have fun, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Marty Fisher's
0: Wing and Clay Nation. Please join Marty again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week's show, think safety first and good shooting.